Please join me in the doxology, which is found in your red hymnals, number 549. Number 549, and we'll sing the doxology together. number 706. And when you fast, do not put on a sad face like the show-offs do. They go around with a hungry look so that everybody will be sure to see that they are fasting. Remember this, they have already been paid in full. When you go without food, wash your face and comb your hair so that others cannot know that you are fasting. Only your Father, who is unseen, will know. And your Father, who sees what you do in private, will reward you. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 422, I Know Not Why God's Wondrous Grace. 422.
this morning. Our gracious God, we come before you with open hearts, open minds, and an open spirit as we desire to worship you. And Lord, part of that worship is to pray to you about the needs that we have in our lives. And God, we are doing that right now. Many of the needs are unspoken, only known between us individually and you, God. And Lord, we lay those needs before you now. Our doubts, our fears, our anxieties, our struggles, our challenges. Lord, we know that you do hear our, all of our prayers And we know that you intercede in our lives in so many different ways. God, just help us to be in tune to your will, in tune to your spirit as we call out to you earnestly. We think of the needs of friends and family members, the needs of patients here, the needs of family members who will be visiting their loved ones here this morning. We think of the staff that is working here today. Lord, we lift them all up to you in prayer. We'd ask in the same way that you hear our prayers as an act of worship, that you would hear those prayers from them as well. And Lord, we just praise you for this opportunity that we can worship you freely and practice our religious faith here in this chapel. And we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 416, I Was Sinking Deep in Sin. Number 416.
chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Amen. Let us pray. God, I would just ask that you would help us to hear the things that we all need to say so that we can draw closer to you every day in our relationship with you. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Well, today probably has been the day that you are all been waiting for. Because as we talk about the eight things to give up in 2016, we've covered doubting yourself, negative thinking, fear of failure, criticizing yourself and others, negative self-talk, and today, procrastination. Fear of success, and then people-pleasing. So here we are, talking about procrastination. And yes, I've been putting it off every week. Maybe I should have covered that the, the first Sunday that we talked about the eight things to give up in 2016. But today, it's procrastination. And you know, within our own lives, I think all of us, to a certain extent practice procrastination. However, sometimes I'm reminded from time to time that it's just how you look at the situation. In fact, every once in a while when I ask my wife why she is changing her mind, she reminds me that she is not changing her mind, she is just changing direction. Right? They don't change their mind, they're just changing direction. So she, she reminds me, I'm just changing direction, I'm not changing my mind. We're going to go this way instead of that way. And yesterday I had a wonderful opportunity to be part of a community event out in the town of Gilbert, and we got family members together, and we got clergy together. The title of the event was Inspiring Confidence, Hope, and Compassion. And the subjects that we talked about had to do with behavioral health and substance Use, because that's the new term that they're using now, especially with families, because a lot of people think if we use the term abuse, right, they look at their own lives, the lives of perhaps of their children, the lives of their friends, and they say to themselves, where they're not abusing, but we know that they're using. But because they're not abusing, we don't see that there's a problem. So one of the new things that they're coming out with, instead of using the term substance abuse, they're talking about substance use to raise that awareness. 
And about 75 clergy members got together and we discussed these issues. And it was wonderful to see. Because part of the event was family members talking about what they had gone through either personally or with another family member in terms of their own personal lives. Whether it was mental health issues or whether it was substance use issues. And several of them shared their journey, their story. And I couldn't help at times to kind of get teary-eyed, you know, in terms of how people's lives were changed through a variety of circumstances. In fact, one of the psychologists was talking about the fact that they are seeing more and more recovery takes place when people get involved in their spiritual resources. And he was sharing that over the 40 years that he's been practicing as a professional psychologist, he said the focus has always been on the, the biological and the social and the emotional, but he is saying now to everyone that was there that the results more and more are that people that are successful in their recovery have a spiritual life. And he left that spiritual life undefined, which I think is good, because that spiritual life means different things to different people. And the most generic term that we know of, it's that higher power. And for those of us that are followers of Jesus Christ, we believe that that spiritual higher power is in our relationship with God through his Son. But it was good to have the event to share the successes, but also to remind the church and other clergy that was there, so I, don't, I want to use a more pluralistic type of term, I guess, but to remind all the clergy that we have a responsibility to the community, we have a responsibility to our parishioners, people that attend our churches, to kind of put aside some of the stigma that takes place when somebody is struggling either with mental health or substance use issues that we all are not perfect and I think a lot of times when we think of those circumstances we think of our own lives we think of family members and friends I have a brother that had substance use problems and also mental health issues as well he dealt with severe depression and my brother actually, I believe, went to be with the Lord a couple of weeks ago. And it was a struggle for me because he had broken the relationship with me and his, his other brother, my older brother. And we had not had any contact with each other for 20-some years. So when we found out about his death, what can you do? What can you say? For me personally, I remembered the good times. Because he was the brother that I always had fun with. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've got more than one sibling, but there seems to be the oldest seems to be kind of the one that's leading and directing, and sometimes they're not the funnest person to be with. My brother that went to be with the Lord was the middle brother, and he seemed to be always the gregarious one, you know, wanted to have fun, wanted to do those wild and crazy things, right? And so I preferred to remember those times with him those loving memories when we did wild and crazy things together, 
and fun. But I think also, it also reminded me of the responsibilities that I had in my relationship with him. I don't feel guilty about anything, but I do pose the question to myself, could I have done more? And I know that my older brother and I reached out to him in many, many different ways, but he never would communicate back to us. There seemed to be something in his life that happened that he just ended all communication with us. And for us today, as we talk about procrastination, what are we putting off in our lives that maybe we need to take care of? Maybe we need to do something about it, and perhaps we've been looking to other ideas and other people, and maybe other people should take a responsibility in something, and and I don't disagree with any of that. But what are the responsibilities that we have individually to do something? And as I mentioned to you, the title of the event that we had yesterday was Inspiring Confidence, Hope, and compassion. And at the end of our event, the person got up and brought all the things that we had been doing together and talked about the word compassion. And that compassion in itself means absolutely nothing unless there's action applied to it. Compassion means absolutely nothing unless we want to do something about it. So if you have compassion for loved ones, for friends, for strangers, for co-workers, it requires you to do an action. Otherwise, it's not compassion. I mean, you can probably understand if I have compassion for someone, I can maybe intuitively give you those good vibes and have that good aura, but you don't really know until I do something for you that I truly do have compassion for you. And I think in that sense, procrastination are those things that we can do in our lives that we can put off again and again and again because we really don't know what to do. We really don't know what to say. And I would suggest to you, sometimes you have to do nothing Sometimes you have to say nothing. Sometimes it's just making yourself available to others. For you see, that too is doing something. And we struggle with that. We struggle with those things because we're trying to figure out many times for our own selves. We're trying to sort our own feelings out. We're trying to sort our own actions out. But I think in our own lives, we also procrastinate about ourselves. Things that we need to do for ourselves. Things that we need to do to really take care of ourselves. And as I was sharing with you the other week, you know, we need to look sometimes in our lives and say, you know, the best thing I need to do for myself is this. And you're going to find out that when you say that and when you do that, it's going to be the best decision for the other people that are involved in your lives also. Does that make sense? 
Because sometimes we feel if we say that, that we're being selfish and that we're being wrong. Sometimes it can be that way. But more times than not, with your own lives, if you're doing the right thing for you, if you're following the will of God, if you're pursuing those things that honor God, if you're pursuing those things that reveal the fact that you're walking daily with God, and you say before God, God, you're directing me here to do this. I know it's the right thing to do. Just reaffirm that for me in my life. I was talking with someone at the event yesterday, and she was talking to me about the fact that she had just stepped down from a pastoral position in her church, and she felt that it was the best interest of the church that she no longer be attending there just as a member. And you can see where the dynamics would be if you have a former pastor at a church being there as a mentor, how many people would be continuing to look to that person for leadership and guidance. And, he, and she just felt it was just the best decision for her to leave. And I told her what I just told you, that sometimes the best decision for us is the right thing to do for all of the other people that are involved in our lives. And she thanked me for saying that because she needed to hear that in a good and positive way. So we procrastinate and we put things off when somehow we feel that we don't measure up or we're not up to the relationship that God wants us to have. God knows that. God knows that. God knows our imperfections. But I think within our own lives if we understand that we have the reality of Christ living in our lives. That there's no reason at all to put off making those decisions. When we realize that the reality of Christ is something that we have in our lives that is in fullness, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is in our lives and ministering to our hearts, ministering to our emotions ministering to everything that we do and say, revealing that we have a relationship in Christ, that we have a relationship to Christ about all things. And if we do that, if we understand that, then we truly can live life to the fullness that God wants us to live. And many times I know that I don't live life to the fullness that God wants me to live because I keep on putting things off in my life. And you know, when you procrastinate, when you keep putting things off, you are making a decision. Not taking any action at all is a decision. And so we need to understand in our walk with God that we need to decide for Him and to Him in all that we do, in all that we say. Because it's a collective relationship that we have with God. And you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, need to understand that there are going to be times when we're going to get off the path, when we're going to step the wrong way. But that's where we have the opportunity to encourage each other to get back on the right path. One of the things that was discussed yesterday is 
a lot of the church leaders were mentioning the fact that they have people that come into the church, they do really well for a couple of months, and then they slip a little bit, you know? They go off the path a little bit. And then all of a sudden there's, there's no communication. And one of the concerns was how to reach out in a right way to say, hey, we love you. We care for you. Do we approve of the behavior? No. But we realize that we all have weaknesses. We realize that we all have struggles. Come back to our church and let us help you. Come back and let us help you reestablish that relationship that you have. And do so in a loving way, in a caring way. Not one that is judgmental. And there's that balance there when you want to show the love and you want to show the grace and you want to show the forgiveness, but yet you don't want to be able to enable somebody, right, to do those things that they know are wrong. So there's that balance there. There's that balance of having that love and that compassion with that action that goes with it, showing that grace, demonstrating that forgiveness, but yet understanding that there's a struggle going on here and that we're here to walk side by side with you in that struggle. What can we do for you? What can we provide to you? What can we do to just to help you? And it was interesting that some of the people that had gone through substance abuse issues, substance use issues, people that had gone through mental health issues, is they, they, told, they told us, we didn't need anybody to tell us. We knew what the problems were. We knew what the issues were. We just wanted somebody to be there to support us. And many times it was just coming into the house and just sitting there with the family and not saying anything, not doing anything, just being there, just sharing some of that burden just by being there, sharing some of that emotion, sharing some of that conflict. And they saw that as such a wonderful word of encouragement to them. Word of encouragement in terms of being able to getting on the right path even though they had been sidetracked from time to time. Understanding that they had done things in their actions that perhaps maybe things were hijacked from their lives. But once again, just that person's presence, that person's help, was there to remind them of the relationship that they had with the church and the relationship that they have with Jesus Christ. And when we procrastinate, we truly do shortchange ourselves from the fullness that God wants us to live. The fullness to have in Him all of those things that we want to have in our lives. We want to have that peace. We want to have that joy. And even though we don't have it every day, even though we have things that create conflict in us, gives us anxiety, have fears, we know that we can always go to the resource again and again and again to get it right. You know, I personally struggle from time to time with some mental health issues. 
And it's because of the different circumstances that I found myself in, in a variety of things, dealing with some really terrible things. But you know what? When those things happen, when I wake up in the middle of the night, and I describe it as a wave of death feelings that just kind of washes over me, and there are times when nothing I can do, nothing I can say, no magic words, takes anything away from what I'm feeling. I just have to endure it. You know what I mean? I just have to live through it. And it's very frightening. It's very scary. But you know, when I live and experience that, I know that it's only temporary and I, only, and I know that I will be able to get through it somehow because I've got through it before. But that doesn't mean that I don't struggle sometimes going to sleep at night because I don't want to wake up experiencing those same feelings again and again and again. And I think many of you can identify with that. But yet I know that the hope that God has given me, the confidence that God has given me, the compassion that He has given me through others, in fact, at the event yesterday, there was somebody there that knows of my struggles, and he actually came up and asked me, you know, it's a guy thing, okay? We don't blubber over everybody, okay? But he just came and asked me, and he just said, hey, how's it going? And I knew what he meant. And I said, you know, I've had more good days this week than bad days. <laughs> and I consider that success. And he just smiled and laughed because he could identify with the same feelings that I have been experiencing because he's been there as well. But you see, that's where we get on target because we act upon the moving of the Spirit of God in our lives. We act upon the fullness of the understanding that we have on his relationship with us and his relationship with others. And then we're on target when we just say those words, Hey, how's it going today? And we know exactly what those words mean. Because we identify with others. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to give that encouragement to each other all the time. He doesn't want us to keep putting it off when we feel, well, they're not going to care or it's not going to matter. You don't know that. In that person's particular life, in that person's particular time of the day, you don't know how much it's going to mean. And in the same way, when you think about the times that people have interacted with you, something moved them to do and say something on your behalf to you, and they did not procrastinate. They took an action to help you. And in the same way, we should take the same action to help each other, to be that encouragement, to be what God wants us to be, not procrastinators about His will for our lives and the will that He has for others, not procrastinate about the fact that God wants us to have that peace, that love, that compassion. God wants us to be one with Him in all things. So does my hope and prayer 
that if we think about those events in which we put things off, God has perhaps just given you a moment here to think about that. As he's been giving me that moment in my life to think about those things that I've been putting off and to act upon those things that will give me and that will give you and that will give others the fullness of life that God wants us all to have. Amen. Please take a few moments and prepare your hearts for communion. And as we do so, think about those things that do honor God. Gracious God, as we come before you just as we are, we are so thankful that you have reminded us not to put off our relationship with you, not to put off our relationship with others, but to act upon, in a very positive way, the moving of your Spirit in our lives. And God, we just praise you for that. And we are so thankful that we can publicly have this communion together to show that we want to have compassion and that we want to act with encouragement with that compassion to others. Thank you, God. In Christ's name, amen. Receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. 
The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us protect together. Our closing hymn is number 414, Softly and Tenderly.
know about you, but this is the perfect hymn for procrastination. <laughs> and it just worked out that way. I didn't plan it that way, but as I was singing it, I'm like, the words here are perfect to our spirit. Let us close in prayer. Our gracious God, you remind us, Lord, that we have no more excuses in our lives. And Lord, we just are so thankful that you look beyond who we are and that you see our need. What else can we say? Thank you, God. In Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for coming.